Hey, everyone. We are so ready to dive into the topic of spiritual gifts. I'm Katie Edelman, and I am here once again with Katie Severs. We're just a couple of Katies from the 80s who get the joy and privilege of talking to some amazing people here at Mission about the ways we can grow in our walks with Jesus. Today, we will be talking with the one and only Becca Bowles about what spiritual gifts are and why they are so amazing. We wanted to take a few episodes to really talk about them so we can cover what they are, why we have them, and how we can learn more about our giftings and how we can step into that to use them to glorify God and encourage others. Let's go ahead and jump into part one of three on spiritual gifts. All right, well, Becca, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Again, we're so glad to have you back on the podcast. And we would just love it since you've kind of introduced yourself to us before. We'd love to catch back up, like fill us in with what you've been up to lately. Um, Sure. So I have been continuing to homeschool, which is uh, a blast. I know you you did that last year. Um, I don't think I did a great job of it because I started this side photography business, and it really took off. So um, with that meant homeschooling took (laughs) took a back seat. (laughs) Um, But I'm still learning how to juggle both of that. But um, so that was fun. We got through harvest season at the farm. Mm -hmm. Um, Praise God. That's always great. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Busy. It's like (laughs) a lot going on. Lots to do. So um, can you tell us a little bit why you're here about like why you're here today and what you're going to be talking about over the next three episodes, right? Yes. So um, first, I just want to say that I love that we are doing this series. Um, I totally kind of geek out over this subject in general because um, one of my passion spots is really to help people identify their gifts and equip them to use them for the body of Christ. Um, I do think there's just something beautiful and seeing um, something in someone and them kind of having this like, aha moment, right? Like light up. Um, maybe uh, that's why I was create like what I was created to do. Um, forewarning, you guys know I'm by no means an expert on this topic. And I know it could be kind of widely debated, uh, but I am thankful to be back here for some conversation on it because I do feel like it's one of these um, things that we kind of graze over, but I've really seen the local church thrive when, the people of God are activated and able to passionately use their gifts in areas in which they're called to. Yeah, yeah I love that. And in talking about <laughs> spiritual gifts, and even when um, we discussed kind of like putting on this topic on the podcast, I really didn't know truly a whole lot about um, what they were mm-hmm. and, and and how to use them and, mm-hmm. and kind of just in talking to you. So I think it's a really important topic to mm-hmm. like dive into today and what that means to be like be a part of a church right. community mm-hmm. and what that means to um, tap into these gifts that we all have. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And like up front too, like thank you so much for yeah. the studying and like the preparation <laughs> yeah. because the reason like it's a three-part mm. um, thing is because you can't wrap this up super mm. tidy in 20 minutes mm-hmm. and yeah. uh 
and you've just been diligent to like share just a lot of really solid information mm-hmm. and share resources and all that. Mm-hmm. So, like we're really looking forward to um, these three episodes as just a really great, um, really great thorough mm-hmm. introduction still, you know, mm-hmm. like just a great launching launching pad for for people to learn about giftings and and that. And I know like you've shared before your testimony mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. um, you've been in church world for a mm-hmm. while. So can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit, like can you expand on that idea of what you shared about sure. how you've seen these um, spiritual gifts, like how you've seen them, mm-hmm. you know, in your time in the church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, most of us have like been on a team, right, somewhere in our life. Like, um, we've been on a sports team or a ministry team, a work team, a music team, um, a board of leadership, some sort of club, uh, somewhere working alongside of other people. Um, I think spe- like specifically back on working on like fifth grade projects, there was always um, like the take charge leader of the group, uh, the comedian, the note taker, uh, the teacher's pet the kid who was asleep, and the freeloader, of course. Maybe that was, like, the same kid. I don't know. (laughs) But on a team, like, one of the first things we're trying to do is fill out, like, what is our role? What is our responsibility? And when we are Christ followers, we are now adopted into this family business of sorts that revolves around kingdom work. Um, So, like many of you know, like, I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up um, right here at NBC for many years. Um, and as ministry kids, we really spend our whole life listening and observing kind of the inner workings of church world. Um, we truly kind of live in this glass house. So there's kind of this 360 view to all the good and the bad and uh, certainly all the <laughs> ugly. Um, but the spirit realm was uh, very tangible to me at a very young age. Um, and I think it just left me with a unique perspective um, But honestly, like if you've been a part of church world long enough, like you've heard the statistic that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Um, Now, as a pastor's kid, I jokingly say like you're always at 20%. (laughs) Like you walk out of the womb and your mom is handing you a broom or a bulletin to pass out. Um, We're usually like serving before we're even speaking. Um, And I know like each body of believers varies in that in some sort of degree of that statistic. But in my observation, um, there were still like a vast majority like coming on Sunday to merely see instead of serve. Um, I don't think that like that discounts for the need for rest or healing in seasons um, or even to be ministered to. Like, uh, Katie, you know, like Dave and I have been kind of in that season since our transition back here. Um, However, I I just think sometimes we have this tendency um, to be fans of Jesus versus being active participants on the field. Um, So there's one thing, like this whole podcast, if you don't remember anything else, I hope you remember this. Like, you guys ready? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super profound. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we are the church. You are the church. And um, all of heaven, I believe, awaits our response. Um, It's so easy in America to get lost in the idea that church is a place we go um, versus something in which we are. Very simply put, like God, the church is God's people. So, yeah. yeah. That's a great takeaway. That's important. (laughs) And that's like the core of what we're talking about here is how to— 
flush that out. Right. You know, what it looks like when we lean into that and um, yeah. live out right. what we're talking about. So yeah. I'm excited, excited to hear hear more. Yeah. <laughs> and it really piggybacks really well off of um, our previous episode with Trisha about right. a church and being a community and mm-hmm. what that what that looks mm-hmm. like, even in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. when have you seen um, the church at its best and maybe at its worst right. as well? So I'll do it at its worst first because yeah, we want to end on the high note. Yeah, let's end on the high <laughs> note. Solid. <laughs> Solid plan. Uh, so we can, I think, uh, at our worst, become bench warmers. Um, we can become complacent and self-absorbed. We can become uh, critics, uh, perhaps even operating in religious duty. Like I know growing up in the church, we can have this tendency to get into patterns and cycles and comfort. And um, we can even lean too heavily upon church structures to do all the work for us. So like in a sense, Trisha was saying like some last week, like this drive-through church where there's there can be an unspoken, like, have it your way, all like, all a cart mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, do they meet my needs? Like, is the worship good? Are they singing my song this week? Is someone watching my kids? Like, do they make us feel guilty when we don't tithe? Like, um, and here's some really good advice. It's free, of course. Um, <laughs> if anyone <laughs> is listening that is church shopping, um, there's no perfect place. Like, mm-hmm. I just say, like, look for godly principles and absolutely in our day and time, like, sound theology. Um, but personalities and preference are obviously a, a dime a dozen, right? Um, I've also seen the church body exercise extraordinary uh, talents and gifts, but without love. So self-promoting, coveting other gifts or roles, us for no more— um, and yes, like we have under shepherds to teach and steer and encourage us. However, like that certainly doesn't let us off the hook. Um, we have an equal responsibility. So what is our part? Um, leadership structures weren't created to carry us. They were designed to just show us the way. Uh, I think Paul said it best to those he was leading in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, and when he says, follow me as I follow Christ. Um, and then we have the contrast of God's people at our best. I think that's the part that brings uh, me so much joy because I can only imagine like how God feels about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my dad used to say, for heaven's sake, literally for heaven's sake, what are we doing? And Pastor Earl said something similar to me last year in these words. He said, if it costs you something, do it. Um, somewhere, someone— uh, is depending on like our story to be shared, like mm-hmm. our words, our prayer, our presence, our friendship, our kindness um, for the hope that we carry. And if no one's ever <laughs> like told you this portion before, I mean, you guys get it, but for listeners, um, then I hope it's here. Like it's going to cost you something. Um, it's going to cost us our energy, our resources, most likely the one thing we value most, which is our time. Um, And absolutely, hands down, our comfort. But I think we should do it anyway. Um, This is what Jesus talks about in Matthew 16. Um, He says to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit? a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life. 
For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels and the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. I don't think um, we talk about that part as much, like the whole deny yourself, take up your cross part. Um, Like, sure, like it sounds great to follow Jesus, right? But man, if it doesn't feel good or it makes me uncomfortable if it's not completely beneficial to me. If not, if I'm not collecting a paycheck, um, I'm not doing it. Or the classic, like classic deflecting, like, well, they're called to ministry, so that's their thing. Or when there's even a slight hint of conflict or something gets really hard to work out, um, we have a tendency to be like, I'm out of here. Um, but sacrifice, like, I think as God's people, we're just called higher. So at our best, we have people on assignment, like in a variety of places for the right reasons at the right time, um, who have counted that cost and who are willing to do whatever it takes to fulfill the Great Commission in and outside of the walls of the local church. Um, I have told my children often, especially the boys who are a little bit older, that God has some amazing and also some really wacky work ahead for them. And it's not always going to be neatly wrapped in this pretty box. Like more times than not, God's going to call us to the messy. Um, But they're like, we're never going to be alone in that. Um, And isn't like our mere existence to bring Him glory and join in partnership with Him to fulfill the mission, um, which was His, to save and seek the lost? So— yeah, that's a little bit of the church perspective. Yeah. I love that. As you were as you were talking, like the thing that was coming to mind, um, as you were describing what it looks like to look for a church, to, mm-hmm. to be active and not, you know, passive or, you know, all these sorts of things. And then you're talking there about how we can be used. I think like the example of Jesus and his humility mm-hmm. and all of it, and just realizing like mm-hmm. our heart posture, if it's humble and like, okay, Lord. How do you want me to use, mm-hmm. you know, be used, and you know what does that look like, and and where, and just coming to a different church, and if you're mm-hmm. looking from a humble place instead of like a critical mm-hmm. or self-serving place, like I think that's just that's just huge. So like Philippians was coming to mind is how mm-hmm. like how humble Jesus is, and mm-hmm. how humble like we can be, and if we and if we approach all of this from like that kind of that kind of posture, of, mm-hmm. like oh my goodness, like the Lord's going to use this body of believers of imperfect mm-hmm. people in amazing ways i think i think that's a good place to start you know mm-hmm. with all of that but i'm i'm excited now to like step into some of the the questions that kind of come up when this mm-hmm. when you throw out the words spiritual gifts you know there are questions that come to mind right. for a lot of people right. like what are spiritual gifts right. and who gets them and where do they come from? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like what what does it all entail? So we're so excited for you to help us unpack all of those questions. Yeah. So if I can just back up just a little oh, bit yeah, yeah. and um before we hop in there, I'll give you just kind of maybe my um uh how I learned about spiritual gifts. Like how because I know we are we often are like we hear them in church, but we're like, what are those? Like, and like you said, like, does everybody get one of those? So mm-hmm. I'll just share just quickly, just kind of my journey on this. So um, when I was like in my early 20s at our former church, we would do um, this reoccurring study on spiritual gifts. And um, it was about that time I started feeling like these nudges that 
someday maybe um, my life story and everything that I had kind of been through at that point, like God was going to purpose someday. So I just started throwing myself in like whatever, like literally whatever I could to to learn and to grow. Um, like if there was a conference or a class or some training opportunity, I mean, we would even use like our date nights to go to other churches and visit just for like basic perspective. And um, I was just hungry, but I— so on a very basic level, like I knew about spiritual gifts, um, but it wasn't until um, someone saw saw them, I guess, in me and spoke like the words that I started to study them more and be like curious. Um, and as I continued serving in the local body, uh, I think I was able to pinpoint and confirm some of those abilities that God may have empowered me to do. And maybe even some of them were like things that, I had been doing for as far back as I could remember. Um, also in that process, like I found out like rather quickly the things I was not gifted to do, <laughs> like um, like podcasts. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but during that season, um, I came up with a couple just observations. Like the first one was that I was not alone. Like there were a lot of people um, like me in the church even, who may have been intimidated by the subject, who didn't know what their gifts were or even where to start. Um, perhaps even some who really thought that they were only for the holy people, right? Like our pastors or our church leaders. Um, and then the second observation I had was, I, I just kind of noticed that there was some mega burnout within the church structure. And most of the times when I traced it back, this is just my opinion, but I think it was because we had well-intentioned people in the wrong positions. Um, so my wheels kind of began turning because I, I love systems and strategy and um, problem solving. And I kind of began quietly asking myself, like, have we missed the mark? Like, have we failed to do what Paul charges us to do to equip the saints for the work of ministry? Like, have we um, not made enough room for others and allowed ourselves to become almost uh, spiritual crutches for people that we lead? And what if we could somehow shift this mindset from consumerism to really empowering people to walk out their wirings? Um, it was about the time of these thoughts that the church had brought me on as a ministry director. And I kind of realized then, like the unique upbringing in the church that I had had that um, weird eagerness to learn and grow and go to all these conferences were all going to be important factors in what God had long ago prepared for me to do in that season. Um, I adopted this system from people way smarter than me from another <laughs> church that I had been like training under for some years and started to slowly implement some of their ideas into, into ours. But all that to say, like, I really feel um, that was a game changer for our church at the time. Um, and our strategy kind of shifted from how we built teams and worked together after we started learning about the significance of spiritual gifts. Um, I found, too, just very simply not in a church structure. Like, if we're uh, willing to pause long enough as a community and the church, even outside of the walls, we'll be able to see, like, what really lights somebody up. Um, what topics bring passion out of them? What overflows from their soul that like they can't shut up about? Mm -hmm. um, so during these meetings with some of our ministry leaders, 
um, I used to encourage them, like, if at all possible, the first choice is to plant people of God in a soil that's conducive for their growth. Because um, just like planting banana trees in Illinois isn't <laughs> going to work, I kind of wish it would. Yeah. But <laughs> no, um, <laughs> like, likewise, long-term, like putting someone with an outstanding ability to communicate at the tech booth, um, no offense, uh, Benjamin, but we need those people. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, hitting a space bar, like probably maybe isn't the best use of that that person's abilities. But um, I believe like product and soil are important factors to consider. Um, I'm a farmer's wife, and we happen to live in the breadbasket of uh, America. And that's not because we're growing those bananas in Illinois. Um, we are planting crops in a soil that is favorable for a fruitful yield. Um, in Matthew 20, we obviously see Jesus just give the simple example of himself. And um, he came as the Son of Man to give his life away for a ransom for many. God himself in flesh came not to be served, but to serve. So I'm sorry, I just, I totally backtracked on you a little bit of just like, sharing how I came uh, came around to learn a little bit more about spiritual gifts. but I love it. And I love that we can really see like just your journey, your personal journey throughout that and just mm-hmm. growing and developing not only your own spiritual gifts, but mm-hmm. um, even just your knowledge of how to make others aware of mm-hmm. their own gifts and how to make that fruitful for the tr- church community, mm-hmm. just like those banana trees. That are, <laughs> I'm expecting them, you know, your next harvest, I Becca. I'm, I'm expecting she some, some, some bananas. Chiquita bananas. <laughs> yeah, those are themselves. <laughs> Can you um, just kind of tell us, like, I know everybody's just thinking, like, maybe some people don't even know what they are. Right. Like, what are these <clears throat> gifts? And, you know, who gets them? Yes. How can we get them? We need, <laughs> yes. we need to know how to get yes. these spiritual gifts and how to be fruitful for the kingdom. So um, very basically, a spiritual gift is a supernaturally designed ability granted to every believer by which the Holy Spirit ministers to the body of Christ. Um, a spiritual gift cannot be earned. It's merely received through the grace of God, First Peter talks about. Um, each has a gift, so every believer gets one. Um, gifts are manifestations of the Holy Spirit given to us in grace, Ephesians talks about. Um, an author once put it this way. He, he said, a spiritual gift is usually just a special empowerment, an unusual effectiveness in an assignment given to all believers. And I thought, okay, that was pretty simple to mm-hmm. understand. But yeah, who gets them? Um, only the church of God gets them. So I know that sounds a little exclusive, but it We'll get into that mm-hmm. uh, later about what's the difference of Stay like t- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> talents and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess um, where did they come from might be another yeah. mm-hmm. question people are curious um, about. But God performed uh, miracles and wonders and signs we see all throughout the Bible through prophets and leaders of the Old Testament. Um, we see him anointing Moses and Joshua and David and Solomon. Um, but this was also like pre-New Covenant. So a lot of these leaders acted as mediators between God and men. Uh, we see in Ezekiel 39, 29, kind of a f- foreshadow prophecy, if you will. And, and God says, Neither will I hide my face anymore from them, 
for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord. But what we see kind of in the New Testament is that God, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit who was present when the foundations of the earth were laid, made his dwelling place with the sons of men. That's us. Mm -hmm. Um, You've probably heard of Pentecost, but um, Pentecost was this yearly festival for the children of Israel after leaving Egypt. Uh, The events of Pentecost were prophesied by Jesus himself in Acts 1-4. He says, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus then instructs his disciples to stay in Jerusalem and wait for God to fulfill this promise to them. Jesus, Jesus then explains to the believers that the Holy Spirit would come upon them, and then they would become witnesses for him to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. The promise of the Father was that they would receive special power or gifts from the Holy Spirit and thus become witnesses of him to the ends of the earth. So in Acts 2, after Jesus ascends to heaven, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrives, they're all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Peter, the same Peter who like denies Jesus like mere weeks before this, um, out of fear and cowardness, like he is now standing with great courage, addressing the mockers and the crowd who um, believed that all these people were drunk. And he corrects them, and he repeats the, the prophet Joel's words in verse 17 that says, And in the last days it shall be that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. So right here in Acts, like the church is born. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like what a wonderful promise, how powerfully God was working. Like these humble disciples would become like the very means by which the truth of Jesus Christ will be taken into the rest of the world. So that's the whole like, where did they come from part? Um, the Holy Spirit, like he literally left us pieces, gifts of himself that we could further his mission on earth. Yeah. That is so cool to think that we are like blessed with the same spirit, like in that small intimate room with the 12, you know, like we're sharing in that same experience. It's so humbling really to even think about. I love that. Yeah. So why um, we know what the gifts are and who gets them and, you know, where did they come from and all the questions, but what's the point of them? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so um, some people might be asking, like, does God really need me? Um, I'll tell you a little story. So in our household, uh, I'm a big fan of delegating. um, And we've— As is every (laughs) (laughs) And if you're not— You should be. You should. You should. Come talk to Becca and learn I'll give you some Learn the ways. Um, but there's so many of them, like we have to delegate, um, or we're outnumbered and there's too many dishes, but, yeah. um, so we, we've trained them from an early age to, um, do chores. And so they'll kind of watch me do it and then they'll do it alongside of me with some coaching and eventually like they're doing it on their own. Um, now is it because I need their help? Like, no, I mean, I like their help, but <laughs> I think in some instances, like I could be way more efficient without their help, um, the way that Caleb like loads the dishwasher, mm-hmm. particularly like we could be a little more efficient, I'm sure. But 
I love my kids and I'm building a relationship with them as we're working together. Um, I do think God is a lot like that. I don't think He needs any of us. Um, in fact, I know He doesn't. Like, uh, we are merely clay, like the created. But because He's chosen us, He has set us apart to do good works in partnership with Him. And He wires us in a way that we can do just that. Um, Trisha said this last week that uh, there's a seat at the table for everyone in the work of Christ. And it's true. Like, I strongly believe that God, the Creator, let us, the created, in His merciful grace, have a seat at His table for such a time as this. Um, the world, as you guys know, need, desperately needs the hope of our God. Mm -hmm. And just like the disciples who were um, the very means by which truth rippled across the world, like we too are His hands and His feet to do just that. So in a sense, um, Jesus, hands down, is, is the ultimate delegator. But— I love, I, I love, this is something that's been like an image that's popped up like throughout the, since like last year, the podcast yes. of like, um, God having the heart of a father, mm -hmm. you know? And I mm. think like, yes, it's to accomplish his work and mm -hmm. to, and to give him glory, but it's also for our own flourishing because he loves us. Mm -hmm. Like you said, like with your kids, mm -hmm. like you want them to, cause I was thinking when you said that it was like light bulbs yes. went off because, um, I am. I'm coming out of a phase of everybody was a baby. They yes, were all babies. babies I had little. four of them, and they were very close in age. <laughs> and so I just I just did everything all the time for all of them. And, like, my eight-year-old's fully capable of picking out her own clothes. <laughs> I might not always approve of the styles, but I'm um, totally capable. Yes. And so I'm like, okay, I need, to, I need to let go. I need to delegate. I need to. Right. But, like, for me, it was like I need to empower them mm -hmm. to, like, mm -hmm. you don't need, like, well, this is illustration breaks down with God. We always need Him. Yes. But it's like, but we want, I want flourishing for you. And I mm -hmm. want you to step in to more fully who you are and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And so like, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to trust my kids with a toaster. That's <laughs> terrifying to me. I'm like, please don't stick anything metal in there. Please, <laughs> yes. please don't. And um, so like, we're working on toast and that's, yes. that's scary and wonderful. But then like my mom spent the night, like the other night and because she's babysitting the kids and it got late and they're like, we're going to make Bita, Bita is what they call her, um, oh. breakfast in bed. Oh. And so they got up and they used the toaster. No one died. And they're <laughs> yes, serving, they're you know, my mom that way. And I'm like, how great for you that you felt like you could. Yes. And you can step into it. And like, they're mm. growing up and they feel empowered and mm -hmm. like equipped. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I just love that, that part of the imagery um, mm. that you shared. I think mm -hmm. that that's really, really great as to the like, what's the point with these gifts like mm -hmm. why use us mm -hmm. um when mm -hmm. we're so full of like mistakes and mm. you know mm -hmm. we could also put the knife in the toaster yes. like <laughs> those sorts of we probably all sorts did of things so I just I just love I just love I love that as far as like strengthening mm. um mm -hmm. uh, ourselves like he, mm -hmm. he, the Lord wants to strengthen us and then to um let that be an encouragement also yes. to other people. So yeah. I, I love that illustration. It's such a good really mental cool. picture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. So are there any other, um, like when we when we think about uh, the reasons why and what's the point, like are there any other purposes, any other reasons why the Lord would use all of us imperfect people to accomplish His purposes? Um, yes. Yeah, so there's three quick ones um, we'll go through. So uh, if you're reading through the New Testament, like the first place you're going to run into this term spiritual gift 
is found in Romans 1, 11 through 12. And writing to the church at Rome, Paul says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Um, I read this several times, and I think the term Paul uses, impart to you some spiritual gift, is kind of misleading because it sounds like Paul wants to help um, them have a gift. But the text, I think, actually means that he wants to give them the benefit of his gifts. I long to see you that I may use my gifts to strengthen you. So the obvious thing, obvious thing that we learn um, in that text is that spiritual gifts are for strengthening and encouraging others. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 12 says, So you also, since you are zealous or enthusiastic for spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the edification of the church. Um, I don't know if you guys wrestle with this, but I wonder, do we think of ourselves as strengthening strengthening others? Um, I feel like that part's easy to do. Um, but do we allow others to strengthen us? Like that part, it's sometimes harder to receive sometimes. Because mm-hmm. um, we're like, oh, like we want, it's easy to be the giver. But um, yeah, so there have been times in my life, I, I you know, I've truly kept running because— um, Somebody said, hey, I was praying for you or kept running my race because someone's faith in me or encouragement they gave me. Um, So God just, I think, wants to hone in that spiritual gifts are any ability the Spirit gives you to express your faith in order to strengthen another person. Um, Purpose two, to build a church. Um, Acts 1, 8, Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest remotest parts of the earth. Um, Or Morris or Manuka. Um, Here he is sharing with us the primary purpose of the gifts of the Spirit to give the church power in order to preach Christ to the entire world. Um, Jesus said in the Gospels, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out the workers. Um, I'll be honest, I I know personally so many churches where the pastors are drowning, um, literally drowning, like they lack workers and leaders, they lack encouragement, they may lack finances. Um, You just think about the churches across the seas that don't have any of the kind of resources that we do, let alone the people. Um, They may lack the camaraderie of other local bodies. So we're really called to use these gifts to partner with Christ as He builds His church. Um, And there are absolutely households and ministries and local church bodies that are um, desperate for those to be activated, right? Um, And then just the last one, um, they're all for His glory. It's all about Him. Um, Sinclair Ferguson once said, when we exercise the gifts which Christ has given us, we're really saying to our fellow Christians and others, see how much the Lord Jesus loves you and cares for you. He has sent me to serve you in this way. He is using my hands and my feet, my lips and ears to show you His love. It's a tragic mistake if we ever think that the message is ever See what a superb Christian I am. See the wonderful gifts I have. Gifts are for giving away, for pursuing love through serving each other, not self-advancement. And um, Colossians 1, 16, For 
by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him. And John 15, 8, Jesus just says, By this my Father is glorified, that you will bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. I love that. And I love um, just the message of strengthening and encouraging them both being, even as a person who is maybe in ministry in the church, both those things mm. being equally important to be encouraging to others and to also be strengthened by others. And it mm. just kind of builds because, and when you do those things, you are building this church and it mm. is for his glory. And when we do that and we work in community and we're, we're in a church and we're strengthening and encouraging and being, um, in these relationships with other people, mm-hmm. like it's all building his church and for his glory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why this is it's such an important topic. Mm-hmm. So I just re- really want to thank you for sharing all your wisdom with us. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, we're so excited and um, excited to have you back uh, yeah. to unpack. Yes, like, thanks for Even more. So, yes. yeah, we're excited. Thanks, guys. We can't end without our favorite question. <laughs> that's the truth. Katie, we can't forget that. No, that's super important <laughs> also. And since this is airing in February and it's the month of love, <laughs> we're going to ask what Becca Bowles' favorite date night is or favorite date night memory. And she's cringing. <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't have a ton of date nights. Um, I was actually just thinking of some of the things I said in the podcast, I think some of the best ones have been things we're learning and growing alongside mm-hmm. of each other. Yeah. Um, I really think there's something like, whether you're going to a marriage conference or I know that's like, some people would be like, that's not a date night. But <laughs> um, I don't know. They're just really fun. And usually when you do that, like your my mother-in-law will take the kids overnight and we just kind of made it a whole night thing. So um, yeah, and anything that revolves around good food, mm-hmm. yeah. steak, Steak. Steak's an essential. Anything with steak's good. (laughs) Flowers aren't necessary. (laughs) What about you, Katie? Um, I, so there are a couple of dates that really stick out in my mind over, like Ryan and I have been together for a while. So it's like, oh yeah, so what would be the greatest hits of the last 18 years that we've been together? But um, there was one that we were... Um, like, I think we were newly engaged, like, around that that season. <laughs> and his parents had a boat that they did family ski trips and all of that That's on. Fun. And he, we took the boat out onto the oh-so-romantic Illinois River. Wow. Oh, I yes. Know. It's very crowded. <laughs> but you can smell it now. Um, oh, <laughs> but we took the boat out, and we had gotten Chinese food, and oh, we just had, like, a really great cruise. And I just remember, like, sunsets are our favorite things. Oh. And so that was just a really great um Really great time together. And mm-hmm. then, like, second – well, not second place, but another great <laughs> one would be, like, Ryan's way into, like, all things outdoors. And so um, I'm like, let's do something different, something totally not <laughs> Target or Menards. Like, <laughs> let's do something wild. Some days <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <just> romantic. <laughs> yes. 
And he said, okay, let's go to an archery range. And so we did, oh, like, fun. archery together. And for him, it wasn't new. But for me, I'm like, what am I doing? That's and cool. And all of that. And then it it has, like, a competitive element yeah. in it. Yes. That yeah. may or not be something really fun. <laughs> may or may not be something really fun for me. <laughs> like, I love uh, that. So that was another really great um, great date, and I got a bow for my birthday the next what? month. <laughs> yes, so, like you are winning. Fun fact, yeah, you're gonna so, be hunting down deer soon. Oh no, no, I can't sit <laughs> that still sound, in the cold. I'm gonna long. sound so lame because I was like, oh, no, I just like watching okay. a movie in my pajamas, <laughs> uninterrupted, so with a kid telling me they want a glass of water. <laughs> That's <laughs> really what I enjoy. <laughs> but uh, we also don't take a ton of date nights, but when we do, it is just nice. To, like, go out to dinner and just be able to, like, mm-hmm. r- like reconnect and just to talk, you know, and to mm-hmm. connect in that way. I mean, you really can't, you know, get much better than that. We just had one recently, and my mother-in-law felt confident to take all three of them overnight, which was <laughs> super fun. Shout we, out, mom. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, mom. But uh, she, uh, that was really a treat. You know, because we don't get to. And she was like, you know, just do your errands. Do what you need to do. Go home. Go out to dinner. The best. And it was perfect. Mm-hmm. We went out to an early dinner. We talked a steak? lot. It was a very <laughs> yes, slow dinner. Steak. It wasn't rushed because I had a melting down child. Yes. You know? and yeah. We just got to really, really talk and come home and watch a movie and, like, go to sleep without being woken up having to by a creepy stare <laughs> <laughs> at the um, side of your bed. Don't want but, that. yeah. But anyway, um, so that's it for me. And thanks so much for coming on. And we're excited to learn more in the part two coming up next week. Mm -hmm. Nice. Thanks for having me. Sure. Thanks so much to Becca for encouraging us today. And thanks for listening too. We're seriously so excited, not only about the material that we're learning, but how God is going to use his people to be a light in the world. If you have a minute, we want to let you know about um, our Mission Women Instagram and Facebook account. You're going to want to subscribe so you can get updates on podcasts and other ministries going on here at Mission Just for Women. So be sure to follow and subscribe. We can't wait for next week when we get to continue this great conversation about spiritual gifts. We hope you're feeling encouraged and excited about how God has chosen and equipped us to serve and witness to the world around us. Looking forward to sharing more, but until then, we pray God's blessing, grace, and peace as you walk with Him.